peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good to start this video by thanking everyone who joins me on a consistent basis, listens to my thoughts through the Bible, through different Bible topics that I'm studying. I appreciate it. Um, there was a time when I didn't know if I would continue to podcast. I thought this was a, a fruitless effort, but I enjoy talking about the Bible. And I think some people enjoy hearing about the Bible and thinking through some things biblically. So I just want to honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining me. And honestly, I mean, I kind of see this as just a conversation with the masses, with the with the worldwide federated internet. For those of you who don't know, I've said this before, but I want to give props where props are due. Uh, the late Combat Jack, uh, he was a, a lawyer within the hip hop industry during the early 90s. He had a podcast. He was actually, I would say, one of the first movers in the in the hip hop realm in the into the podcast wave. He had the Combat Jack show. He passed away um, from colon cancer. I want to say two or three years ago. But my saying, "Worldwide Federated Internet," is actually inspired by him. He used to always say, "Internets, internets, internets." He would say that all the time, and it just kind of spawned me saying that I know sometime I get on these rambles that just <laughs> probably don't make sense to most of most of you who are listening it's probably meaningless and pointless to you but anyway Genesis chapter 24 let's get into this and Abraham was old and well stricken in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Now, I want to stop here and I want to bring to everyone's attention something that is done quite often. And I think people need to be more, more careful and more um, cautious about how things are just applied blanketly, right? Like people will go to a verse quote a verse and attribute that verse to them. And there's some verses in the Bible that are blanket verses that just apply to people in general. And that you can, you can see and understand that when you compare those scripture with other verses of scripture and, and, you know, you just, you see how things work out, but then you get verses like this, where people try to apply this to themselves. And this is very specific. The Bible's talking about Abraham and the Bible explains that God blessed Abraham in all things. Does that mean God is going to bless you in all things? Well, in a roundabout way, that's true, right? We are blessed in all things. When I wake up and I take a breath and I get out of bed, I am blessed in all things, regardless of what happens throughout the day. 
and the reason I bring that up is people go to verses like this, and this is where you get the, the name it, claim it, you're supposed to have everything. Look, I am not promised that my life is going to be easy. I am not promised that I'm going to have wealth. I'm not promised any of that. I'm not promised that all the desires of my heart I'm going to have. God blessed Solomon with great wealth. That does not mean God is going to bless me with great wealth. God can bless me with great wealth. That's not guaranteed to happen. And I think that's what we need to, when I say we need to get out of the habit of doing that, that's what I mean. Ascribing things to you that don't necessarily apply. Maybe at some point in, 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 in life, God does bless certain people in all things, in health, in wealth, in reach, you know, and then some people have different things. Some people are blessed in health, but they have turmoil financially. Some people are blessed financially, but as far as health, they go through things. So again, we can't just go around blanketly applying things and ascribing things to ourselves. That's done a lot. And really people are in for a world to hurt if that's the approach they take. And Abraham said, Unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all um, that he had put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Now, I didn't really understand this and I had to do a little bit of digging. Um, I didn't go too crazy with it because when you look into things like this, you can actually go on another rabbit trail that can take you studying some historical or cultural thing for hours. Trust me. This is what has happened to me in the book of Daniel. And I'm glad, I mean, not the book of Daniel, um, uh, I'm going through the book of Jonah. I couldn't even, my brain couldn't function right there. But uh, going through the book of Jonah, I am really at an impasse and I'm studying some historical things and I'm glad I am. But sometimes I just have to press forward, understanding what will happen if I go down that rabbit trail. But suffice it to say, like I said, I didn't understand the whole putting a hand under the thigh that is that is similar in 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 the culture and the time uh that that this is written to let's say raising your right hand right to to make a promise uh to to someone else or shaking hands uh make make uh, shaking hands and, and making a promise how things used to be when people would say shake on it vow on a vow that that's similar to what this is so abraham is asking his servant I want you to make a vow to me at this moment. Uh, verse three, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Sometimes, again, this is another one of those things. Sometimes we read Bible verses. You have to understand a Bible is a whole book. So you, 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 and I've done this, right? And I think this is something that many of us could probably admit to being guilty of. We cherry pick instances in the Bible. We cherry pick out different sayings and different happenings. And we make that a uh, reality of life. Right. And what we what we do when we do that is we venture off into doing what the Sadducees and the Pharisees did, teaching for commandments, the doctrine of men. 
I said that here because I would not make a practice of 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 swearing by God as is done here in uh, the book of Genesis. I know it was done. I would not make this a practice. And I'm going to I'm going to show you a verse and explain to you why I would not make this a practice in the book of James chapter five verses 11 and 12 the bible says behold we count them happy which endure ye have heard of the patience of job and have seen the end of the lord that the lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy but above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven neither by earth neither by any other oath but let your yea be yea and your nay nay lest ye fall into condemnation so what the bible's teaching here in the new testament is if you're gonna do something just do it if you say you're gonna do something just do it it's that simple just be a man or woman of your word that simple verse 4 but thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. So he's instructing his servant. I want you to vow this vow to me. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go back to my country, to my kindred and take a wife um, unto thee for my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again uh, unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, um, and swear unto me, saying unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. Abraham is fully confident. Again, as I said before, Abraham has come to, to full maturation in his faith, full maturity. He's had enough happen. He's seen enough things. God has worked enough works that Abraham has his faith, his trust, and his confidence in God alone. Abraham is not looking at circumstance. Abraham is not looking at situation. He is trusting God alone. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again he's saying if the woman won't come you're free you're not bound by this oath you're good 
but don't bring my son there again. In verse uh, 8, is that the verse I just read? Yes, the verse I just read. Verse 9, And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor, Abraham's brother, and made his camels to kneel down without the city by a wall of water at the time of the even of the evening, even the time that the woman go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham. When I read this, understanding the context, understanding what I'm looking at and and considering the time, right? And considering what's going on, this is what I come away with. Abraham's faith shines so much. Abraham's confidence in God and what God has done for Abraham shines so brightly that even this affected even his servants. I'm trying to remember the place where the Bible kind of kind of says alludes to that, you know, about Abraham's household following after him. So even his servants had full confidence and trust in the most high God of heaven and earth. I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show uh, and show kindness unto my master, Abraham. Um, that word good speed is it's an old word. It's not really used um, anymore. And some people have have changed it up at times and said God speed, but it's actually good speed. It means good success or to the wishing of good success. So the servant is asking God to give him good success in this thing that Abraham sent him forth um, to execute. And where are we at? Verse 13. I'll read verse 13 down to verse 20. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of uh, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink and she shall and she shall say drink and I will give thy camels drink also let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master and it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebecca came out and was uh, born of Bethuel, son of Milcah. Uh, it was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, 
the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her picture upon her shoulder. This is the thing about God's sovereignty. What you see here is you see Abraham's servant praying a specific, a very specific prayer. Now, I want you to think about this. Remember, the Bible said it is God in us that 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 gives us the um, it is God in you uh, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I was trying to remember how to how the verse goes. Sometimes things happen and you pray things. And God has already prepared something. Something is already in work before you even pray. Think about it. As his servant is praying this, this, this prayer, Abraham sent him and told him, get me a, a, a wife for my son of my kindred. Here comes a woman of his kindred and the things that she's about to do so clearly she was already on the way there before the servant even started praying because the Bible says while he was still speaking, while he was still praying, here comes, here comes Rebecca. And then we gonna watch what happens. Remember the servant's prayer was very specific and God is going to answer this prayer very specifically. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebecca came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her picture upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down um, to the well and filled her picture um, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy picture. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her picture upon her hand and gave him drink. And she said, or, and when she had gone and when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also unto uh until they have done drinking and he hasted and emptied and and she hasted and emptied her picture into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew um for all his camels what is the odds of this servant having this specific prayer while he's praying, Rebecca's on the way there. He doesn't know that. Before he even started praying, Rebecca was on the way there. As he's praying, before he's even finished, she shows up. There's many times in my life, this is not always guaranteed to happen. It doesn't always work out this way. But there's many times in my life where I have prayed something so specific that for for and this is where I'm going to be honest with you. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
you have to come to God in faith. But one of the one of the biggest things that I always think about when I hear atheists speak, I think to myself, you know, I, I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of specific prayers that I have prayed in such a way that if this thing happens, it is almost impossible. And I've had that happen over and over and over and over again. If you want to know God, God will show himself and reveal himself. And sometimes when I hear atheists speak, I think to myself, do they really want to know what the truth is or is this a version to the thought of a God who created all just a tactic that's being used because they don't want to know the truth? I don't know. And I can't say what's in a person's heart. Everybody has their different reasons. Um, I would, you know, I, I could jump out and say there's a, a one specific reason why atheists don't believe in God. I don't know that. I don't know men's hearts. But things like this that happen to Abraham's servant. Saints throughout history can tell stories like this. You can read accounts like this in the Bible. You could go you could go in a church and talk to some believers. You can meet some believers out and about and hear story after story of specific prayers, things that not just generic. Hey, God bless me today. No, I'm talking about specific prayers that are answered so specifically that is only one way that that could have happened. There is a God who we will all answer to one day. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.